Welcome to episode 478 of Salcedo Paranormal. I believe it's 478. I'll double check on that later. Uh, as um, And tonight I'm covering, uh, reviewing more of the complete books of Charles Fort. As always, you can find all episodes of the show, along with links to social media and other ways to contact me at the podcast page. And that is Salcedo Paranormal dot podbean dot com that's s a l s i d o paranormal dot podbean dot com always happy to hear from you all whether you have comments or questions or topic suggestions or stories of paranormal experiences whether they're your own or from others that you trust uh, happy to either read those or have you share or have you join me on the show to talk about them also this is episode four seventy seven I believe as far as I can tell so um Anyway, uh, thank you all for listening, whether you are here for the live streams on Discord or if you listen on the podcast or YouTube feeds or on the Trouble Minds Radio Network, KUAP Digital Broadcasting. There you can hear replays of two episodes of the show every night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right before Trouble Minds Radio comes on. As always, I want to thank Michael Strange host of Trouble Minds Radio, as well as Liam Martin, host of the Exile Minds podcast, for producing the show and putting it up on the station. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, there are some different ways to do that. You can always rate and review the show uh, on your podcast platform of choice, and also share the show with others. Uh, also, I've written some paranormal fiction and nonfiction books you can check out over on Amazon. Uh, we have a Patreon page for the show where you can find uh, one episode per month, or just over there, exclusively over on, on Patreon. Uh, and it's always going to be, at least as of right now, True Paranormal Stories on the Web. I'm planning on recording the episode for this month tomorrow, so hopefully that'll be up by tomorrow night. Uh, also, you can, uh, if you'd like to, to make just a one-time donation uh, to the show, you can do that through PayPal or Venmo. Uh, Help is never expected, but always appreciated, as there are expenses in making these shows, from equipment to research materials uh, to travel. And uh say that because I'm going to the Mid-Michigan Paracon this year, November 4th and 5th, that's a Saturday and Sunday, at the uh, Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort, that's in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. And uh, there I'll be making recordings of myself and anyone else who wants to join me talking about the paranormal, <clears throat> excuse me, whether it's thoughts um, and theories or personal experiences, um, happy to uh, talk with anyone there that wants to talk and anyone that wants to be on the show uh, through a recording there. So, and then of course I'll share all those those recordings, um, at least those that are uh, decent enough to use once I get back home and uh, do a show on on that. So, one or two shows depending on how much I have. So. Looking forward to that. It's not all that far away now. Only about about um, less than two months, basically. So it's been uh, coming for a while. I'm really glad that it's finally getting closer. Finally getting closer to it. So, um, so yeah, this is. Uh, I'm continuing the review of the complete books of Charles Fort. Now, last time for those of you that were here, or that you listened to the last one of these shows, you may rem remember that it sort of ended with. Um, a lot of sort of uh, 
scientific the discussion of scientific methods and theories and just uh, systems and all those different things. And uh, so I've gone ahead and looked look through more of the material there in the book and we're skipping ahead a little ways to uh, back, get back to parts where it talks about uh, anomalies and, and, and things that uh, can't easily be explained. So just because all of that sort of talk of all that is just way above my uh, understanding, at least uh, as of right now anyway. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So we're skip through all that and starting with uh, part two of uh, New Lands, which is the second book in this uh, this collection. And so let me get to the Word document here with all the summaries. Again, I've used AI to summarize uh, this book, and uh, we'll be going from that, reading from that, and just talking about these things and thoughts and all these these things that um, as I read them. So that's the plan for this, and then. Uh, the rest of these shows basically on covering this this series of books. So this is again um, going to part two of the book New Lands, and it starts with chapter thirteen. Um, so this chapter describes various unusual sky phenomena and mysterious events that happened between eighteen o one and eighteen twenty five, including strange lights seen on the moon. Now think about that for a second. I know I've heard of, of different cases of people um, in the past making sort of airships here on Earth. This is the moon we're talking about. So that really is amazing. Uh, that does sound like something likely UFO-related that is also likely not human-related. Um, I just if I just had to guess there, uh, unusual objects crossing the sun, uh, sun, sun, uh, flashes of light. I was reading ahead, uh, flashes of light, explosive sounds, uh, falling stones, mysterious seeds. That's odd, and more. Uh, many of these events are said to have occurred in or near uh, specific locations, such as East. Haddam, Connecticut, um, Mel Melida, Italy. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Uh, I'm trying to say this place in Siberia and uh, another location in Scotland. And um, Forrest suggests these uh, events may be connected or related uh, in some way, challenging uh, ast astronomical geo geodetic principles of the time. So uh, Fort cites numerous scientific reports and publications as sources for many of these events. And uh, there's an underlying implication that these events may originate from unknown worlds or extraterrestrial causes, though uh, Fort does not state this uh, directly, apparently. So, and... Uh, so yeah, that's basically for that one, just summarizing more events that happened um, in this time period. And uh, these are, um, of course, just some of the events that happened throughout, again, just the, the first book in the series, the Book of the Damned. Things have been going on like this apparently for years, many many years. 
Moving on to the next chapter here, chapter 14. This one discusses various anomalous uh, ast astronomical observations that uh, challenge conventional scientific views, such as unusually large craters on the moon, lights signaling on the moon and Mars, unknown objects near Venus, and unidentified, unidentified luminous objects moving through Earth's skies. So again, think about, about just what, what uh, the possibilities here of objects that are giving off light that are moving around mo the moon and then also Mars. So, and this is way before any kind of human space programs are going on uh, that we know of anyway. I'm pretty darn sure about that one as far as I've ever heard. I've never even heard of anything secret space program related going that far back. So, um, not that I know anything for sure, but uh, Charles Fort is skeptical of conventional uh, explanations for these things. He suggests some of them indicate the moon is much closer than believed. And again, I don't know about that. And this is from a ways back. Uh, and that objects travel between Mars or Venus and Earth. And that unknown objects enter Earth's local skies. Uh, Fort mentions uh, particular observations as evidence, such as a red wheel-spoked object seen rising in Sussex in 1855, and a red object moving through the sky in Marseilles, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, in 1871. So... Again, just all these odd sightings of things that can't easily be explained. Uh, some of the reports of, um, of conventional explanations for these things are illusions, uh, reflected light, auroras, and those kinds of things. Now, the auroras, I mean, maybe I could see that just because they do have colors to them, but I don't know for sure either. So uh, let me see here. Moving on to the next section here. I mean, actually, no, this is the same one. Fort argues for being open to all these things. And uh, Fort highlights uh, the, basically these objects and these um, the scientific community's reactions to them, basically. So moving on to the next chapter here. It's chapter 15. And uh, let me check on things here. Yeah, everything looks okay. All right, good. So, um, moving on to chapter 15. Uh, apparently, there were several mysterious incidents of small black stones falling from the sky in a localized area of England in the mid-19th century. Here are the key points regarding that. In June of 1858, many small black stones fell during a storm in Birmingham, initially thought to be meteorites, but later identified as pieces of local pavement stone. That's odd. I don't know how that could happen, but I guess anything's possible there. Uh, but then in, in June of 1860, similar small black stones fell during a storm in nearby Wolverhampton. Not sure about that one. 
Um, I guess that it, the explanation of the paving stones is the one that was maybe given by most people. Maybe, maybe they weren't, but then, of course, that makes you wonder where are they from. In uh, May of 1868, more of these stones fell in Birmingham, again, seeming to match the local pavement stone. Uh, there were reports of people being struck and injured by the falling stones before and after this date, suggesting a more extended event, basically. Um, if they're falling with that kind of force, that is, that, that's scary. Uh, in May of 1869, more small black stones fell in, again, in Wolverhampton after a storm, matching the description of the previous falls. So these uh, repeated uh, falls of stones in this area with no uh, wild reports remains unexplained. Uh, Charles Fort seemed to find it um, Notably mysterious that the falls happened multiple times in the same areas, suggesting perhaps a local sky phenomenon rather than ordinary meteor, meteoritic explanation. The matching of the stones to local pavement stone has also not been conclusively resolved. So in other words, and I was wondering about this, do they have like an area where they know that, that the pavement was damaged? And then that's where the stones came from. But then, of course, how was it? That, that, that's an odd situation right there. So um, moving on to the next chapter. But, yeah, that is, I wonder about that, if they really were from the pavement or if they were from somewhere else. Again, it seems like if they're falling fast enough to, uh, to cause injuries, that's, that's uh, I don't know. But um, this next chapter is chapter 16. Uh, talks about, uh, let's see here. Okay, Fort cites many examples of unknown objects seen crossing the sun or solar disk, challenging the claim by astronomer astronomers that such uh, unknown worlds could not exist. So I'm wondering if he's saying that there's these are massive objects that have crossed there. I don't know. Uh, the observations are by respected astronomers, uh, and they give names here that I do not recognize, but I'm guessing they're from that time. Carrington. I wonder if that's, hmm, I don't know about that one for sure, if there's a connection there to that event. Uh, the unknown objects were seen over many decades from the 1820s through the 1860s and in many locations around the world. They appeared as dark spots or points or luminous bodies, and some were said to be planet-sized. How is that determined? If that's the case, that is... You would think that would be... <clears throat> excuse me. Um, that would be a, having major effects on, on, on Earth itself, if that was the case. Um, I'm wondering if maybe those, that was just the appearance, but it wasn't really... That wasn't the case... Uh, at least not in the physical sense. Excuse me. Um, I don't know, but uh, that's an amazing idea there. And um, again, with all these things here, I, I like to keep in mind that if we know there are <clears throat> paranormal events where 
these objects seem to be there but not there. In other words, they appear, but they also don't appear to be physical. Uh, and if they're out there in space, then how would we even know if it's physical or not unless we're sort of feeling effects? The, the planet itself is feeling, I don't know, gravitational effects? Hard to say there. I'm not, this is way out of, out of anything I can really easily talk about. But um, but yeah, that's massive objects. Uh, getting back to this document here, I lost my spot. Uh, okay, Fort suggests that these observations indicate the existence of many unknown worlds or lands beyond those currently known. Uh, analogous to how new lands on Earth were discovered by uh, Europeans in centuries past. So again, in the physical sense, I don't know about that, but also if there's different ways for things to appear but not be physically here, I'm thinking of I'm thinking more of like apparitions or in, interdimensional entities or things like that. Wouldn't it be amazing if some places can also exist in that way and sort of just appear and then disappear. Um, that might be the explanation there. I don't know. If, I don't think I've ever heard of that, quite that big of an event before. But uh, Fort notes that if night watchmen were given telescopes, more might be discovered uh, about these unknown celestial objects only seen crossing the sun during daytime. Uh, of course, this is back in... A little ways back. Um, the passage ends with separate nighttime observations in 1866 of a strange luminous object moving through the sky over Columbia. And they don't say where exactly that is. Because there's... I wonder if they mean the country. But uh, in summary, Fort uh, mentions numerous historical accounts to argue for the existence of undiscovered celestial lands and objects. And again, this is, I'm, I'm guessing here, where the title for this, this one book, uh, New Lands, basically comes from. So, I think we can get through a couple more sections here. This is chapter 17. And uh, if you all, um, whenever you have a chance, if you um, can comment or uh, let me know in Discord, if you enjoy this series or not, I mean, I'm enjoying it because there's so many reports of just odd things, but uh, it'd be, I'd like to know what you all think of this as well. So, And uh, I can base future reviews of nonfiction books on what you all think of this. So uh, just a thought there. Chapter 17, uh, this describes various accounts of unusual objects and substances seen falling from the sky, which Charles Fort interprets as evidence of uh, strange occurrences and unseen worlds above us. Many of these accounts describe seeing seeds uh, and other objects, luminous stones and fibrous black masses falling from the sky. The accounts uh, are from the 1800s and early 1900s, reported by astronomers, professors, 
and other observers in places like Italy, South Carolina. So Italy, the country of Italy, and then South Carolina, Iowa, and Kentucky here in the U.S. For it suggests that these falling objects could be evidence of floating islands or other living things occupying the sky, which he sees as more plausible than the dismissive explanations that they're just seeds or ordinary meteors. Uh, Four argues that seeing such detailed objects in motion across the sky, uh, viewed from widely separated locations, suggests they must be near the uh, let me see near the moon if seen in uh, without let me see without parallax rather than very distant. Uh, the accounts are in- intended to support Fort's unconventional ideas about strange. Uh, phenomena existing in the skies and being dismissed or ignored by mainstream science. So uh, that's basically the end of that one. I think we have time for at least one more chapter here. This is chapter 18. Uh, Let me see here. In this section, uh, Fort says there have been many reports over the years of phantom soldiers or armies seen in the sky in places like Scotland, Uh, Liverpool, France, India, and Germany. That's amazing. These sightings are often involved, they're often involved large groups of people. So I wonder, that's a, that's blowing my mind right now because you can't even really label that as like a residual hunting because what are they doing up in the sky? That's just, um, yeah. I mean, unless they are spirits that can just be wherever they want to somehow. Or there's some other um, reason for this. I mean, I think I've I've talked about this before with friends before, but I don't know if I've talked about it on the show. This idea of sort of how um, residual images work. And, I mean, I've talked about how sometimes apparitions will show up in, in buildings uh, or near buildings, and they'll they'll appear to be walking on thin air, or they'll be moving through a house, but you won't see their feet or their feet and legs. And it can be possibly because if it's some kind of an energy field that's just playing over and over again, then, and there was another time where that building wasn't there the way it is currently for the experiencer, for the witness, then you wouldn't see the person's legs or feet. But this is a bit more extreme, so I don't know how to explain that. But that's a, that's some amazing sightings. I wonder, again, I, I don't know about that one. Uh, unless, again, there's some kind of energy energy field going on there that's displaying images of the, of the past that are somehow being projected into the sky. That really is amazing. Um, let's see here. Let's see how much more I have to go here. Okay, so... Uh, of course, mainstream science tries to write them all off as mirages. Fort suggests these could be visions of inhabitants and activities in extra geographic loca- conditions, such as unknown lands and realms in outer space that were temporarily visible. That's an interesting idea. Uh, and he saw these glimpses in, of lands and life, t- life forms that are 
uh, normally invisible to us, uh, normally invisible to us on Earth. So um, that's basically all that there is in that section. Just more um, summaries of that. But uh, maybe I'll come back and I'll review that section next time on one of these shows. So that's all the time we have for today. Thank you all for listening. And I'll talk to you all in the next episode of Salcedo Paranormal. Take care.